Welcome to Unlocking Empowered Motherhood with Miss Leah. A supportive space for badass moms to help each other tap into our power as mothers and not get lost in the day-to-day struggles of parenting. We're so glad you're here. Good morning, everyone. I'm here with a friend of mine, Amy Williams. She has um, previously been on our podcast. And Amy is a friend of mine I met at Camp Yes this past uh, summer. And I'm looking forward to hopefully catching up with her again next time. And I'm going to let her introduce herself. She is um, the founder of Amy Williams Academy. So Amy, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Certainly. Thank you so much, Leah, for for inviting me on um, uh, to talk about um, what's been happening in the world lately and how we can support kids and support ourselves uh, around that. Um, so, first of all, thank you for for having me and let me letting me have this forum and to be able to support families and teachers out there. Um, my background: I'm a dance movement therapist and expressive arts therapist. So that certainly um, informs and colors the work that I do as a uh, an educator coach, a teacher coach. Um, a family coach, and um, I get to do training and professional development with educators and uh, families uh, all over the world. So that makes me very lucky. Um, in addition to that, I'm the director of student services here at the Portland Montessori School here in Portland, Oregon. Um, so I act as school counselor. So I help teachers and I help children and I help families. Um, so I feel like I have the, the best job in the world. Well, you are even certainly the right person to be talking right to. Now. Yeah, 100%. And that was actually my first question for you is, I know how hard these times can be on people who provide support and on leaders. So how are you holding up and how are you managing um, all of this trauma uh, that I'm sure you're experiencing in, in your site and also just within yourself as a mom and a teacher? Sure. Um, you know, yeah, that's a really good question. I, I feel like it's uh, sort of two pronged. Like there's one way that I come here to work and in the work that I do with others. And there's a, another set of circumstances and thoughts that I have as a mom. And absolutely, they cross over and I'm worried and I'm scared. And I'm also confident um, and hopeful and feeling incredibly activated right now so it in a way that i don't think that i've um felt um this way before so it's kind of an interesting interesting response i'm feeling today well you know and and offline we were chatting just before we started recording and you know one of the things i was saying to you is i have felt more angry this time than any other school shooting and it's I don't know why this one has triggered me so heavy. Um, I was reflecting that 10 years ago, Sandy Hook, my son was a baby and he's 10 now. And the only thing that's different is he knows what to do. And, you know, he's done active shooter drills. That's that's the biggest change in these 10 years. And so hearing you say that you're hopeful and activated, um, I'm hoping that this can help me to connect and also to take that message back to my parents and my families because I'm so angry. I'm very activated, but I, I, I sort of don't even know how to point my rage at this point, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, interesting that you bring up 10 years ago and, and Sandy Hook, because I think that that was a 
you know, a punch right in the face to everybody and everybody who had children in their lives. Um, and it was at that point that our school really doubled down and took a look at, okay, what do we do? How are we secure here? How many exterior doors do we have? Do we have locks on the gate? I mean, we started just going through every single point of, um, of entry and how were we secure? And we were really lucky to have to have someone who would, could come and consult with us. And it, it was amazing because this person pointed out, okay, and, and he, he scared us because he said, you guys are vulnerable. That mm-hmm. gate right there, it doesn't have a lock. Anybody could just walk in. That when that door right there, it doesn't close securely. And so all of us were, you know, had our jaws up. We're like, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we have to do something. And within a, a week, we put, pulled everybody together, we we got active, and we got padlocks, and we fixed the door, and we made sure everybody's walkie-talkie worked, and so it was helpful to be able to look back on that to talk to parents now who have called and said, okay, your email said that, you know, look for the helpers and that our school does all these things to make sure your children are secure. What are those things? Mm-hmm. So it was helpful to go back and and articulate what is it that we do. And um, it's helpful to just go around your school campus and take a look at, is that a point of entry? Is that a point of vulnerability? How do we fix it and fix it? So it, it felt good. And I felt confident saying we do this and this and this and this. And yes, it may seem like um, too much, but we don't believe that because we take it so seriously. So thank you for understanding that you have to wait at the door and nobody has access to the playground. Love you and sorry. We protect your child just like we protect all the other children Yeah, in the same way. Yeah. yeah. And when you explain it that way, families have been appreciative you know, curious at first, but then when you let them know this is why, oh, because they, you know, they're not thinking about it. Like, yeah, I mean, they're thinking about this is the first time I'm taking my child someplace. You know, they're so little; they need to bond with their teacher. You know, th- this is mm-hmm. these are should should not even be in the scope of what a parent is concerned about. And I, I think that's. I like hearing that that's an action step that can be taken that you can also take to your parents and say, here's, here are things that we have done and things that have taken place um, to keep us safe. Mm -hmm. Even if you don't have a solid plan yet, or you have someone come in who a safety expert who could come in and point out, you know, just honest and clear and blunt, Y'all, this area, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is this is a vulnerability. This is where you're exposed. You know, and, and put a little fear in us so that we can fix that, fix that thing. And yeah. do you find that, that the response from parents has been largely positive and that that's made them feel safer and that's given them some peace of mind? Absolutely. That's the feedback that I'm, that I've gotten from families when we put those plate, those, um, those uh, policies, those those tools, what am I trying to say? You know, those precautions into mm-hmm. place. It was overwhelmingly positive and, um, and then sort of off their radar until recently. And mm-hmm. then now they're asking, what is it that you do? And it feels so good to be able to say, 
here is what we do. do. Yeah, no, I, I really like that. I really, again, you know, I've, I've been in the field for 24 years and I've never, you know, we've never thought of having to do these things. And we're, we've just come to a place where I, we, we can't just sit back and, and be sitting ducks. Um, and I think, you know, I, I definitely am thinking about this conversation in two directions because our parents want to know, you know, how do we talk to our kids? And I want to know, how do I talk to my parents, especially when I'm feeling so angry and upset and, and so activated? And, you know, I don't want to lie to people and say, you know, everything's going to be okay, you guys. But at the same time, I don't want to scare them and say, you know what, it's not okay. And we need to go bananas and, you know, storm the Capitol for a whole different reason, you know, like, um, so, you know, I guess that's my next uh, place to go here is, is those two pieces, you know, how are you approaching your parents and then, which you've given me a little bit there. Um, but, you know, in talking to the parents about how to talk to their children, they often look to us for that mm -hmm. advice. Um, so what kinds of advice are you giving them in that vein? Sure, sure. Um, uh, several points to consider for home. Um, it, uh, and they, they start with, you know, what's the screen time and access to uh, screens and media? Um, what what are their children um, hearing or accessing either within their, you know, with the, with the parent in the room or with the parent not in the room? You know, a, a child told me about his, um, they were playing squid games on the playground. It's like, oh, tell me, tell me what you know about that. Mm -hmm. And turns out older brother has an iPad and uh, was watching squid games. And so, you know, you let families know, hey, um, wanted to let you know that, you know, so-and-so is watching squid games on an iPad and, and boy, parental controls were locked down <laughs> immediately. Oh, yeah. Uh, because they don't know what they don't know. Right. So it's important to remember, OK, how much screen time or access to, to media do children have? What are what am I listening to in the car on the way to school, on the way home? What am I talking to other adults about um, within earshot of, of children and being mindful of that? Because if they have small bits of information, they'll make up the rest. And whether that's truth or fiction is up to us to help them understand. You know, so asking the questions, what do you know about? And then go from there and help them fill in the blanks if they have information that's not true. And we can help them and reassure them about what is true. Right. That so is important to listen to the news and talk about the news outside of the earshot of children. Um, they're so sensitive to our emotions already. So they all know when, you know, something's up with mom or auntie or grandma or dad, you know, something's up. They'll under they'll know that and they'll be so curious about, you know, what's up with that. <laughs> I, I think you acting weird. <laughs> your yeah. point about them filling in the blanks is so wonderful. I mean, that's such a great point. And I think asking them what they know about something is so much better. And I mean, I, I've seen and I've had parents ask me so many times, especially when it comes to big questions like religion and things that, you know, we don't have concrete answers to that kids mm -hmm. do make up what they don't know. And they just, mm -hmm. and, and it's, you know, not out of any type of a, for a negative reason, they're just, they're trying to understand. And I mm -hmm. think sometimes we can go too far the other direction, not explain enough. But if you start with where, what do you really understand and know about this? You know, mm -hmm. you might be gearing up to have this big talk about 
sex or religion or some big thing. And really, they just had a couple of simple questions about, you know, where babies come from. And you're all finished now. In a couple of years, they're going to ask you some more things. Right. And starting that relationship now where they can rely on you to fill in the blanks and to be interested enough to find out what they know and what they think about things. What are their opinions? As, as as well as what do they know? What facts do they know about whatever topic it is? You set up the relationship so that they will reach out to you when they don't know something or they're curious about something. So anytime you can ask children, what do you know about, you know, insert topic here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it gives you, a, yeah, it gives you a beat on what they're talking about, what their friends are talking about. Um, because they'll, they'll make up stuff and they'll learn stuff from their peers, which could be fiction too. <laughs> right? Usually is. I've always told my son that anything you ask somebody at the playground, you're probably going to get the wrong answer or some <laughs> made up answer. So you may as well just come home and ask us. <laughs> right. At least, you know, we'll tell you yeah. some version of the truth. Um, well, yeah. so that brings another question age appropriate wise. So my son is 10 and um, I'm, you know, mostly we're working with preschool parents. And so that's a whole different animal. But where I sit now thinking, well, my son has been through active shooter drills. My son, you know, experiences this as a, a quote, normal part of his life. And uh-huh. so I'm wondering what your thoughts oh. are on when do you include them in some of the media or, you know, the coverage or, you know, at what point are we kind of saying, you know, we know this is terrible. Like, you right. know, my son is not stupid and he's like, mom, this is, none of this is okay. And I'm like, correct. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to lie and say, oh, you know, it just happens here or there. So, I mean, what are your thoughts on kind of age appropriateness and how you went mm-hmm. to start approaching more directly? Well, that, well, that's such an enormous topic and it certainly does uh, depend on the age of the child of uh, First and foremost, with younger children, I would be true and brief, um, asking what they know, filling in the blanks, um, and offer reassurance. You know, uh, be honest but brief. Reassure them that even though you might feel these big feelings, you're going to feel you'll feel fine. You're having a big feeling, so this is what I do when I have a big feeling, just mm-hmm. like you can do when you have a big feeling. So it's a, a practice in self-regulation, right? Absolutely. Um, so having those conversations, and then as children with younger children, and as children become older, um, when they reach first grade and beyond, they're their heart really turns toward justice and turns toward what is fair and what is right and what is wrong. And they're developing that. So as family members or other important adults in the lives of children, we could help them um, create what, what do you believe in? What are you willing to stand up for? Right. What's the difference between a bystander and an upstander? What Mm. can you do in your sphere Right. Can you um, our our students here made buttons um, to sell for about it was an incredible amount of money. It's like, wait, what? You want ten dollars for button? Okay, sure. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take two. And they researched and found the place where they wanted to donate the money. And they had, you know, I think it was, I don't know, two hundred dollars or something to send to an organization that supported children um, moving out of the Ukraine. So. When given an opportunity, children will activate themselves, right? So we can tap into that sense 
of justice and they're beginning to understand the world outside of their home or their classroom and what they can do what kind of impact can they make because want to that's the work of an elementary and beyond a middle school and adolescent child that's that's the work of the child so if we can um, kind of fan that passion and get out of the way wow that that's the kind of global citizens we want the ones who are going to be considerate of others and thinking about what can I do what can I do besides stand by how can I stand up right so the more we can do that with our elementary students I think the better not wait until having these conversations on the playground when we're teaching children how to regulate their emotions how to resolve conflict how to um, be angry at your friend because they have the red ball that you want and when you talk to that person to figure out a way that you could take turns or that you could play with it together so it begins early so early how to resolve conflict and that you can come to a peaceful resolution in ways that are kind and compassionate and considerate of others. I I love your point about justice. I mean, it is so true. That is what they are all about. What is right? What is wrong? Who is good? Who is bad? And it's very black and white until, you know, as they grow and they learn more nuance and, I, you know, kind of leads me to the next piece, which is the parents. You know, if you're talking to me as a parent, I am maybe angrier than as a teacher, you know, I, I'm so angry about all this, but what you're suggesting, the way to talk to elementary schoolers about it and to engage them in the process is exactly what we need to be doing together as moms, as teachers, as parents, mm -hmm. we need to be activating and making, you know, active change. Um, mm -hmm. And even if it, it does feel like it's small or, uh, you know, a, a little button sale, that is something that will stick with those kids and down the road when they're, you know, as they grow and, and they've had this um, time that they've been focused on something besides themselves. And mm -hmm. how can we fix mm -hmm. a problem mm -hmm. that is, you know, it sort of gives everyone an, some empowerment, you know, when, yeah. and I think that's a crux of right now, what so many of us feel is just completely disempowered, completely hopeless. And mm -hmm. so I, it, it sounds like, action is really where we need to be going mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and often in my experience when you ask children what are what do you think how can how can you make a difference and then pause and let them because they will have an idea that you won't have yeah and what is what is really an honor is that as educators and children we are around the people who are going to make change in the future now that doesn't let us off the hook right now <laughs> not by a long shot but in in cultivating a, a future that is going to be um fiercely dedicated to justice and fiercely outspoken in ways that are um, effective and considered of other people besides just themselves in their own home and in their own community, but beyond is, um, yeah, it, it's important. So Amy, can you give us some guidance for if you're as a parent experiencing or as a teacher experiencing new behaviors or um, interesting uh, responses to maybe stressors that the children are being exposed to? 
um, mm-hmm. and, and how we might meet those and handle them in the moment. Sure, sure. Um, certainly we can observe play because children will work out and figure out things that are on their mind through their play. So if they're, you know, building a tower and crashing it down, we can know that they are working through something which happened right on 9-11 many years ago mm-hmm. and we realized huh this is this is on their minds and we can't not talk about it we can't not support them right in a way that's age appropriate sure. mm-hmm. um we maybe we can be proactive and ask you know it looks like your your face looks worried um you're you know wow, that was really harsh, what you just said, or ouch, that really hurt, right? So at that point, there's an opportunity to reassure them and um, remind them that they are safe, that you you can keep them safe, and offer a lot of reassurance that there are people in the world who are helpers, right? You know, Fred Rogers said it best, you know, look for the helpers. There are always going to be helpers. And what do those people look like in a way that's, that's true? And it's... It is true that in in different communities, different people are the helpers. Yes. Right? So that that's a conversation that families have individually. Absolutely. Right? Who do you go to? Point out who are the helpers in your lives. Make sure that you show them that, you know, point to that person and that, that adult and that adult and that adult. Who are your five people that you could go to that you trust and that are reliable? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so you know that they know who they can go to and show them all the ways that you and the school keep them safe. Um, another thing to remember is to keep routine uh, as in place as possible. It's really important for and calming for children. Remembering that routine is very important and calming for children. So being rigorous about that will help children feel secure too. Like, you know, keeping, we're going to school at this time. I'm picking up at this time. You're sleeping at this house tonight mm-hmm. and this house, you know, the same routine as much as possible. And then you may not notice anything at all. So checking back after a few days, asking if they're having, feeling any big feelings um, and then following their lead. Right. So when you see them processing big feelings, you know, you could observe and then follow tell me more about or I notice and say what you notice. I'm curious about and say what you're curious about. But you know, Leah, I think most importantly, what's um, the thing that we can do important adults in the lives of children is to notice our own feelings, our own hearts, because we are, we're both you and I, were raging a couple of days ago and mm-hmm. are st- still are. <laughs> and yeah. now we're turning that rage into action. So and- we, we feel that whenever something like this happens anywhere in the world. So it's not just, it's not just um, in Texas and it's not just Oklahoma. Yeah. Right. It's not just Oakland. It's, you know, it's all over the world. And, you know, it's so interesting that go ahead. as as you're saying this and, you know, I shared with you before we started speaking that I I had a little bit of a loss because I am so angry and I'm sitting here listening to you. Tell me what I would say to a child. And it is I can feel my body calming down. And I think the more that we voice these, you know, scenarios to our kids and and you know ex- help them name their feelings and help them to express you know their how they feel it it does bring a little bit of peace you know i i think yeah. even just hearing you speak is making me feel a little bit calmer 
And um, so that's, you know, super, super valuable. I really appreciate what you're saying here. Oh, gosh. Thank you for saying that. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I mean, and really, it's it's well, hard to comfort when you're not comfortable. It helps us. <laughs> yeah. It helps us regulate. And when we're having that big feeling, however heartbreaking and those feelings that we have, we do to self-regulate our own self and then commit to do that, do that thing. Absolutely. And I don't think that's something yeah. that we were necessarily brought up in our generation doing. So we're, we're learning this as adults and now we're teaching it, you know, we're all, this is kind of fresh and new for a lot of us in, in our uh, age bracket, I think. Uh-huh. It is. It is. So we can so hope it's new. that. It's a new skill that we're developing and we are showing our children naming. I feel, I feel worried right now. I won't feel worried always. Yeah. I'm going to have some water. I'm going to go for a run. I'm going to take a long bath. I will feel better soon. Yeah. And then. When you feel better, name it. I was frustrated and now I feel content. Mm -hmm. uh, that hot bath felt really good. Yeah, that, that, that helped me to self-regulate. Whatever it is that you do for yourself, you know, yeah. do it and name it. Yeah. And I think another point you just made that kind of stuck out to me was the fact that, you know, we need to watch <clears throat> what we're putting out and what we're giving to them. Um, and I think it, it's helpful I, I know I've, I've spoken about this with my parents many times when there's, you know, a loss of either a pet or a, a family member that the one saving grace for children, especially young children, is they don't have an understanding of the um, the finality of death. And so mm -hmm. we do and it will activate and, and we will respond so differently than a child will you know, even when they're sad to hear that someone died, there's not an understanding that that means forever until they're older. You know, they don't have that conceptualization at three years old or four years old. Mm -hmm. And so we okay. come into the conversation with our, you know, our nerves and our, you know, understanding of these, this finality. And that's not the same for them. So it, it, it's sort of, I think, nature's way of, of protecting them. A little longer, you know, letting them keep that innocence, even though this society wants to keep taking it away. Yeah. So, well, yes, it's not hopeful, yes but that. it's helpful. <laughs> <laughs> so, gosh. And, and, you know, as educators, we can reach out to other people who are really experts in this until we become experts, right? So, you know, find out where to learn about trauma informed care, where to learn about how to become a grief sensitive school um mm -hmm. there there are programs out there that that can help with that um and i could put uh, i could send you links that you can add to your so your listeners could check that out or i'll put them on my my website too so that people can know who to reach out to ah like, oh, i think needs this is important we need some training on trauma-informed care or how to be grief sensitive um so how do i help children you know, through the, the process of bereavement because they will feel a loss and the deep understanding of it comes later. However, the feeling of, wow, wait, we're not going to grandma's house mm -hmm. anymore, ever, maybe next, next summer. Yeah. <laughs> right? So, but they still will feel those feelings. Well, I would love those links. That would be wonderful. And I'm, I will link your website to, um, our page here uh, because you have a beautiful write-up and I think a lot of people would benefit from reading your thoughts on on 
um, in more specific how to approach their children on these topics. And um, so I'll definitely link all of that um, for all of the listeners to see. Do you have any uh, last kind of final thoughts or takeaways for us today? Um, I I think the, the thing that I, that keeps coming to my heart right now is to first begin with us as the adults and to do the thing that helps us regulate so that we can co-regulate and be in a place where we can have conversations that are true and brief so that we can help maintain the routine so that we can be aware of, Oh, is the, you know, am I listening to the news right now? And my child's in the back seat. Um, when we are regulated ourselves and when we're managing our own emotions, we can be more present and aware of what are the outside forces that our child is consuming and what we have to um, have to talk with them about and pointing out the helpers and pointing out how they can be helpers too. what impact can you have in the world? Because it's not just our community. It's not just the United States. Yes, the United States has a, has a problem to untangle right now. And all over the world, it's happening. Yeah, absolutely. So, global citizens, let's do that. I, I, love, <laughs> I love empowering them to, to help be a part of the change. It's, it's not their fault, but it is their life. And unfortunately, we've, we've left this in, in our children's laps. So giving them some empowerment to help, you know, change the future, I think is, is a excellent way to harness all of our anger and all of our rage and all of our frustration and, and put it someplace positive. Show them, be a role model of what you're doing. Cause you know, our activism is not over at 50. It is, it continues. Yep. Absolutely. On and on and on it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Amy, I thank you so much for your time this morning. I really appreciate it. I know you're a very busy lady and have classrooms to step into. And um, I just really appreciate your time and your insight. And I will link uh, your website to this podcast. And um, I'm sure I'll be calling you again for other topics. But I, I just thank Absolutely. you so much. Well, thank you so much for calling me. And um, hopefully we could talk about another topic that's that's a little lighthearted. Yeah, let's do something time. fun next time. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> yeah, let's tell jokes next time. <laughs> Absolutely. You got it. Sounds good, Amy. All right, Leah. Thank you for making your change in the world that you're doing with every single podcast you put out there. Oh, it makes my impact. goodness. Yeah. Well, thank you for playing a part. I really appreciate it. You got it. Anytime. Okay. Take care. All right.